Hi, welcome to Authentically ADHD with your host, me, Carmen, where we talk all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. I give you tips and tricks, and I love talking about it. I'm an early childhood special education teacher. I am a certified life coach, and I'm a fellow ADHDer. We have a lot of topics that we can overshare and talk about. So let's get started. Hi, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. Or if it's your first time listener, welcome to the podcast. I want to start today's show with a little differently than I normally do. Um, I have started this way before because I can't forget about you listeners. You are the reason why I continue to do this work. So I received an awesome review from Sergio, who is soon going to be interviewed on Authentically ADHD. He thanked me for the work that I do and told me how much it has helped him understand his ADHD. Thank you, Sergio, and I can't wait to have you on the show. That reminds me, I have some news. I have four guests scheduled out to speak with me in an interview fashion and tell their individual stories about their ADHD how they cope, and different ways that you can relate to other people and not just me. I am super excited. Are you excited? Because I I am so, so, so excited. I can't wait to have people on the show who can demonstrate how we are not alone in the things that we struggle with, like impulsivity, which is what today's show is all about. All things impulsivity how to recognize it, how to cope with it, and some strategies that I always like to give at the end. Are you ready? Let's get started. This is my friendly reminder that I am not a doctor. I am just a fellow ADHD teacher and life coach. If you suspect that you have ADHD or some other mental illness, please seek help from a medical professional. As I always suggest, see a psychologist to get a full evaluation. Back to the show. So if you would like to be on the show, message me or email me at c-d-i-r-a-c-e at gmail.com or get at me on Instagram and send me a message and we can try and set something up. I can't wait because I would love to have you on for you to tell your story. It makes it that much more relatable to know that we're not alone and that everybody has a varying story that has made them who they are. I can't wait to hopefully have you on. All right, now let's for real get started.
So why, why impulsivity? Well, I realized that I don't have one entire episode dedicated to impulsivity, and it's one of the main or one of the bigger aspects of ADHD. And here's, here's why. When you think about it, impulsivity can show up in any and every part of our lives, at home, at work, when shopping, when speaking with friends, in relationships, during tasks or projects, um, when trying to go to bed. So the fact that impulsivity plays such a huge role in ADHD, I thought I would dedicate an episode to it. So what is impulsivity? So being impulsive is doing something without thinking about how it might affect you in the future. So eating the thing, buying the thing, interrupting the person, or what have you, it's doing that thing without thinking about the consequences or what it might cause in the future. And it's because of our lack of communication in our neural pathways uh, that it inhibits us. It's, we have inhibition control issues. Uh, a typical brain has the ability to kind of stop before responding and stop and think before blurting. Our brains do not have that ability unless we learn how to do it ourselves and practice it a lot. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I still struggle with impulse control. Most of the time, it's impulsively clicking that buy now button. Anybody with me? Am I all alone? I have a feeling a few of you relate. And it might be different for you, or it might be in several areas. But I also want to talk about what impulsivity looks like as a child and what impulsivity looks like as an adult. Because it can look so many different ways, just like hyperactivity can look different ways, or just like distractibility can look different ways. And this is usually why we miss kids in diagnosis is because they don't present as, you know, the little boy who's running around and impulsively blurting out when you're the quiet little girl who daydreams and impulsively stops paying attention and stares out the window. Nobody really, um, has any concerns about the quiet little girl who's staring out the window. So let's, let's talk about a few of the things that it looks like in how impulsivity kind of looks in childhood. Now it can look like hyperactivity, like not being able to stay seated, fidgeting, squirming, tapping, things like that. But it can also look like not being able to play or work quietly. It can also look like blurting out answers before questions have been completely asked. Oh, I used to do that all the time. 
Uh, it also looks like talking excessively. Oh my goodness, if I had a dollar for every time my seat was moved in grade school, because it didn't matter who I sat next to, I would just start talking excessively. Um, another one is that you can't wait your turn. This is another one that does, um, it does go from childhood to adulthood, not being able to wait your turn. And then it can, again, look like hyperactivity, like running around and climbing things, always on the go, looks driven by a motor. So these are just a few of the ways that for kids, it can impulsivity can pop up. Impulsivity can also show up as aggression. It could show up as a child um, having a behavior like biting or pinching or hitting and then not really knowing why they did that, why they reacted the way that they did because that's the way it's showing up for them in their relationships, especially because they're so little and they don't necessarily know how to cope with that impulsivity that they have. So in adulthood, impulsivity can look like the need to move around, not being able to sit for long periods of time, and feeling restless inside or fidgety, can't sit still through meetings, meals, movies, extreme impatience, so that's again waiting your turn, waiting in line, driving, things like that, finishing people's sentences. So you're drawing rapid conclusions in your brain and you finish someone's sentence, even if it's not what they were going to say. This can sometimes offend people, and this is how it shows up in our relationships. We also tend to interrupt in conversation, usually well-intentioned because we don't want to forget what we're going to say, but that's another impulse that we have is to blurt and interrupt. Um, part of being impatient in driving, also we end up driving too fast or driving recklessly. We are also uh, very prone to have active jobs. Hello, preschool teacher. <laughs> um, we are always on the go. We have low tolerance for frustration. So anytime we're feeling frustrated or down or like we can't do something and we need a hit of dopamine, sometimes we impulsively will get it by buying something or eating something that we don't want to eat that's not good for our bodies that we will regret later or eating too much, drinking too much, smoking too much, doing illicit drugs. Those things are impulse control things that also these things also go along with other executive functions but it's the impulse of doing these things that I'm talking about this can also show up at work when doing a task uh, you start doing the task and then you end up uh, doing something completely different or you start 17 different tasks and you don't really finish any of them because you impulsively started one and then started another one and then got an idea so you started another one sound familiar <laughs> we also talk excessively which is why we make great podcast hosts <laughs> and we make inappropriate comments sometimes they just come out of our mouth impulsively of course 
We also tend to monopolize conversations. And this is something we really need to be aware of, especially in our friendships and in our relationships. Because if you are always the one talking, you're always the one talking. And that's that's not a reciprocal friendship, my dear, my friend, uh, my ADHD friend. It's It's not. We're not being kind to the people around us. We're not considering even ourselves in the future, let alone the people around us. And in adulthood, it can look a lot more rude than in childhood. In childhood, it, it can look cute sometimes. Sometimes it can look by, like behavior and it can be absolutely annoying, but it can look cute. In adulthood, it looks rude and we look rude and we look in uh, we look like we don't care. We look like we're incapable of caring about another person's feelings when actually we deeply care about other people's feelings, which, which is why I want to share with you some strategies coming up next. So in my practices and my experiences with my students and my clients, there are three steps to coping with impulsivity. First, you have to recognize it. That's the first step. You have to recognize that you're doing it. So I invite you the next week to maybe write down some of the things that you find that you do impulsively. Maybe reflect back on, you know, a day or reflect back on each half of the day and, and really hone in on what things do you do impulsively. And then what you're, what you're going to need to start doing, and I know you're not going to like this, but you're going to have to practice something. The ADHDers, usually if we're uh, hyperactive or combined, uh, even in intensive types, have a hard time doing this. But we have to stop. Intentional pause. We have to stop, my friends. We have to stop so that we have time to think. We have to stop so we can give ourselves that thing that those typically developing brains have that stop and think like give me a stop and think like my coach says this a lot uh, when she's trying to see if she wants to say something differently or or say something you know again or or say something at all she'll she'll say hang on hang on I'm taking a stop and think because she's got that skill honed in and then what she does which is the third step is to shift so I'm gonna go through this as, a, as an example um, in my life. So I have recognized that I click the buy now button as a dopamine, you know, kind of hit to get it. And I like to use that button, uh, when I'm feeling down or I want to get some work done. I have realized that my impulsive shopping is one of the things that has gotten me into embarrassingly huge debt. So I first recognized it, and then it did not happen overnight. Please don't go back and think that you practice this once and it's just going to happen. You're going to have to practice. It's still taking me quite a bit to stop 
and think about why am I buying this? Am I buying this for dopamine or am I buying this because I need it? Why am I buying this instead of just hitting the buy now button? And then that shift part at the end after I stop and I think and I usually come to the conclusion that I do not need the product, the shift is knowing how to get yourself that dopamine without doing the impulsive thing. So this is, I mean, a great time to make something like a dopamenu, um, which is something that you can make your own dopamine healthy menu. Um, and it's, uh, you can find like ways to do this on YouTube. I know Jessica McCabe has a really good video about it. Uh, I will link it in the show notes. Um, but that is, those are the three steps to impulsivity. A, recognize. B, stop. And C, shift. And those, those are the really the key things. I found something that really helped me was writing down um, when I was recognizing the different things that I did impulsively. Why did I do them impulsively? I now find that I can stop and think before uh, creating a whole big new business idea. I can stop and think before interrupting my friends. And I can stop and think about what can I do sitting in my seat so I don't need to get up to be a distraction in a staff meeting at work. So I really hope that you enjoyed this week's episode about impulsivity. I can't believe it has taken me this many episodes to get around to it. Please, please, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go to your podcast app's rating system and give me a five star. Um, And if you're feeling up to it, leave me a review uh, and I can... I can read it on one of my podcasts. I love, 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 love reading and love sharing all of your reviews. Um, I see my Spotify followers are still going strong and I am making it up there on Apple Podcasts. So the more reviews, it's it's like, like I say, it's it's like the algorithms on Facebook and Twitter and all those fun things. The more you like and share my podcast, the more other people with ADHD can find more resources and ways to help them support themselves. So thank you for your time this week. And that's all I have for now. Stay authentic.